well. Thanks for downloading the podcast. You poor old misguided people. You've come back for more nonsense, so thank you very much. And also thank you for downloading the first one. And the feedback from the first one was both flattering and very funny. So thank you very much for that. Um, This week I'm speaking with Nigel Winship. Nigel is a uh, friend and colleague. He's someone I admire hugely. Co-founder of a startup called People Matter, which I'm involved in. Some of you may have heard me talk about People Matter over the last year or so. A fully funded startup that is developing a platform and an application uh, focused on workplace wellbeing and the mental health challenges that, that come along with that. Nigel explains the product in, in more detail, more eloquently than I in the main body of the of the podcast, so I won't I won't go over that at this point. Um, we talk about the product, we talk about mental health in general, our own mental health and, and how the workplace is changing um, the challenges and distress that is placed on many of us from a professional and, and therefore personal perspective. Um, we also talk about AI, which is at the very heart of the product and how that may change um, individual society, workplaces in the future. Nigel has actually previously started up a couple of other startups and sold them successfully. So he has some really interesting personal and professional insight into the process to go through there. And I, I think some of you might find that quite interesting. We also talk about music, sport and ballet, um, interestingly. So the conversation took some lovely turns in the end of, on that. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, this time recording on my headphones directly into my microphone. Nigel and I spoke with an open mic in my office at home, so there's a slight sound difference between the two, so just to make you aware of that. I've tried to keep it to a minimum, but there might be a little uh, difference. So I'll stop talking now, come back to you at the end, and here we go. Okay, so we are on Galpa Coffee. Galpa Coffee. <coughs> so, um, as normal, who are you? Um, and today, what are you, do- <laughs> what are you doing in my office? At my house. Taking a trip out into the wild, <laughs> down to Dorchester. Yeah, so my name's uh, Nigel Winship and um, I'm the founder of People Matter Technology Limited, which I've been doing for about a year now. Um, the business was founded in January and uh, we're, in the, we're in the mental health uh, wellness space and yeah, it's really exciting. It's, it's probably the most exciting thing I've done professionally I would say mm. um, got a fantastic team you have together and uh, yeah no, it's really it's really cool so um, I, I speak to a lot of the guys who listen to this um, and I, uh, quite regularly and I, I, a lot of the people who are listening to this will know a little bit about my involvement in people matter and what we're looking to do but it's always good um, and a lot of the people who, who are listening to this have real personal or and or professional and normally both um, uh, interests, for want of a better word, in mental health of themselves and their families and and their their, their colleagues. So I, I think it's it's going against going against form. Talk talk a little bit about the product, I think, yep. and and what started, and then we'll we'll let the conversation <coughs> ride off about the obvious imperatives. Do you want to just? Say a little bit about <coughs> what we're about and what the product yeah, is about. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I guess the project, the, the the product had a fairly geeky genesis. Um, I've I've been involved in tech, technology, um, building my own sort of companies for probably the last fifteen years or so, um, and I saw some stuff last year 
that was the use of um, AI or machine learning to look at electronic communications to help people be more productive and to help people um, navigate a really full load of things that were coming at them, be they messages or whatever. And I, I looked at that and thought, that, that's quite cool, but isn't, isn't there a better use that you could make of that type of analysis? So it, it started from that perspective, which was yeah. fairly geeky, and me looking at a piece of technology actually from IBM and saying, that's interesting, but surely you could do more with it. So you've got a geeky background, right? I... Because when you... Sorry, I'm just about to say, one of the things that I've admired about you is that you're not like a lot of these people on LinkedIn who call themselves an entrepreneur or futurist. But you, you have what set up and sold a couple of businesses. Yeah. Right? yeah. What's quite interesting about my te technology geekiness is I'm not a, a programmer or a coder. So yeah. I've never... so. I've never been the sort of person that would buy a car and look at the open the bonnet and yeah. say, "Oh, that's really interesting," <laughs> um, or want to take stuff apart. Yeah. Or that's not me. Yeah. But I'm really interested in gadgets and things and how they can change people's lives. So how you can apply technology, and I've always had the ability to, I guess, look at things and see, see, see applications for stuff that maybe other people hadn't seen. Yeah. So and that's where people now. That's where the idea came from. That's where the idea came from, looking at a piece of technology from IBM and thinking, this is quite in interesting how you can take electronic communication data and analyse it yeah. and give people something back. Yeah. But the, the thing back that IBM was giving, and still is with their product, it's called Watson Workspace, I think, is if you've got a really full inbox or you've got lots of messages happening or you're out the office for a day or a week yeah. and you, you come back in and you want to see what the themes are yeah. of things, it can help you do that. So we've taken that concept and said, actually, we can look at that same communication footprint or the, the breadcrumbs that you leave behind electronically and look at that and look for signs of burnout or signs of, of when you're in flow as well. So um, at the end of last year, I met up with um, Amy King and Amy is now part of People Matter and is, is, the, is the research director so she had also and this is where I guess luck and serendipity play a part you know, she was already working on um, a framework where you could look for for, for burnout and um, we've developed that framework which we now call Peak and that's what underpins the technology so um, that is I think quite powerful and actually yeah. I read something last week this is the new way that AI is going to go, and it's going to be called XAI, which is expert AI. So you're you're applying expert knowledge, yeah, and you're using that knowledge to train the to train the machine effectively. So you're not just randomly looking for stuff; you're looking for a defined set of things based on expert knowledge. So that's what we're doing with People Matter. We've got a defined framework mm. that is um, based on very established behavioural science. And am I Amy? This is right, right? She's a behavioural scientist yeah. as well, by qualification, yeah. trained in this. Yeah, absolutely. She's going to be, I'm going to get her on here, Excellent. actually. Yeah, so yeah. so, so we've, take, we've taken that, yeah. and we've applied that to work-based communication, and we're, and we're effectively building models that can, that can look, for, look for signs of burnout. Now, we're, fo we're focusing that on the individual and the benefits to the individual. I yeah. think that's quite key. Yeah. So off the back of that, there's all 
sorts of stuff around privacy, security, yeah. and trust, yeah. and the ethical use of this tech. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, some of the early feedback that we got uh, said that you can't do this because it's too. You, you'll never be able to win because of trust to do this. So, so and, we, and, and you only go down to Facebook and Google, which, <coughs> which is, well, we're not going to tell you. And, and then when it's too late, you'd be so addicted in certain on the ones about websites and technology that you you won't do anything about it anyway, right? So I mean, it, we took a real. It, you know, this is part of the. Sort of, this is the less glamorous side of starting a company that people sometimes don't see. You know, we we went and applied for a, to join a, an innovation catalyst in Southampton. Mm. We got in, and it wasn't quite what Amy and I were expecting. We sat in front of six old white blokes yeah. um, who basically absolutely ripped it to shreds with yeah. the ideas and said, "This will never work." Yeah, not and that was it. Thanks, yeah. thanks for buying. You know, and I, you know, I didn't didn't sleep for a couple of days after that. And it was just really, you just think, is this really going to work? But then yeah. you pick yourself up and you go and talk to some more people. And and I, I'm more convinced than ever now that that we're onto something in terms of building technology that's really going to change people's lives. And that's why I said up front, it's this is the most exciting thing I've ever done because yeah. it's 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 something that. Um, the potential to really impact people. So, yeah, I mean, it does seem to have never thought about that. Those, those kind of old white men who somehow <laughs> manipulate themselves into a position where they can make decisions on future tech. And I can't imagine Workplace World being the top of their list where they were making their money. Mm -hmm. um, but interestingly, the people who funded it are high net worth individuals who are at, at a FTSE. Footsie company, but they're a big company, right? Yeah. In, in, in the city, so they must have seen something in it that. Yeah, that so, we're, so, so our, our initial seed funding, so moving on from that initial uh, dip that we had to start with, in that <laughs> um, we've, we've gone out and got got some seed funding, some as I say, some free society work, um, sort of the world's biggest sports sports data company, customer. Mm. So they're yeah. they're a data business, data business yeah. um, and yeah. uh, they really believe in what we're doing we've got the, the group um, the group HR director and the chief operating officer are now sitting on the board or we're having our first board meeting with those guys in a couple of weeks mm. so it's just it, it was important obviously to get some funding but it was important to get the right yeah, people. people involved really early on and I've had a little bit of experience of working in the VC world <laughs> and it wasn't great <laughs> <to say. laughs> so 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 that's interesting, right? So, so this is the most exciting thing you've done, but you've done other stuff. So we'll come back to the people matter in a, in, in, in a bit, because I think, um, well, like I said, a lot, a lot of the guys listening to this would have, would have heard you banging about it. But so what else did you do? So, so before people matter. So, so what other I, did you do? so I started off working when I graduated. I went and worked in London, worked in banking um, for few years in on the on the tech side um, on the sort of business analysis systems analyst side mm. um, got quite unhappy actually being in London and decided to move I grew, grew up in Weymouth so I decided to move back uh, nearer to home and I got a job working for Barclays and Poole oh, yeah, which I really looking back I was really happy yeah. and I walked I lived in Baker Park you know, in Liverpool yeah, and I walked yeah. into work 
and I worked with a fantastic team. I worked for a brilliant guy called Ian Taylor, who was a fantastic bloke. Um, and I basically got the offer to double my salary to go and do a consultant. Yeah, okay. When, when you're sort of in your, how old are we, younger, early 30s. Yeah. Get a bit blinded by it, really. So <laughs> I was like, and I, li- I remember it clear as day. I remember going the first, or second week that it was this new job. I remember driving, I had to drive to Swindon, thinking, what have I done? Christ, what have I, what, and you sort of get, go through that. And But from that, that was the genesis of me setting up First Thought, which was my which was my first business. Sure. So I, when I was working at the Telem and I came at Barclays, I was I implemented a, te- a process management technology, yeah. which became the new thing. Yeah. Um, and I went and I was contracting. Um, ended up contracting at IBM Hursley, which is their big in- innovation lab just outside Winchester. And uh, I took what with hindsight was quite a brave decision that didn't seem very brave at the time but I decided um, I've just just got married Sue and I just got married and I basically said look I want to create first thought as a proper consultancy so it was just me as a contractor it's yeah. my contracting vehicle yeah yeah pre IR 35 days <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah but it was okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay as, as you say okay because it was a tax man yeah well it, it was <laughs> just yeah, it was <laughs> It was just, you know, whatever, you know, the way of working of being a contractor, basically. So I, um, I said I'd like to create a proper consultancy, and I'd like to, st- I'd like to take a year to do that. Yeah. Which I did. I got a little office in Ringwood. Yeah. I stopped working as a con- as a contractor, mm-hmm. and I started to try and build first thought as a as a proper consulting business. Mm-hmm. And right towards the tail end of that year, um, we got a couple of extra people new people onto the team um, and uh, we won a contract with Barclay Card to implement a new credit card system for their Italian operation, okay. credit card processing. Yeah, yeah. So again, I look back and think, how did, how did you manage to pull that off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it went yeah. from me in a little room, in yeah. a little office in Ringwood, going, I'd really like to create a company, to we had eight people. And I remember walking into Bar- I think Barclay Card in Northampton, there's this big glass yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. I walked in. And I saw all these people sat, that were first thought people working on this project, and I was like, that, yeah. and that happened, you know. And then that business I ran for 10 years. And, and we ended up selling that to an American company called Rosen Technologies, based in Atlanta. Okay. So uh, I, their European operation was based in Swindon, so I spent a couple of years working, um, working for Liaison, yeah. running their um, consulting division in Europe. Um, but then I just sort of got the itch to do my own, own thing again, again basically. Yeah. And in my, so yeah, it's interesting to see because I, 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 at the moment, actually, in our first chat, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. I think than starting, starting off again, starting my own business again, again. And and not that I did massively before, but in the early days of the agency that I used to, you know, there was only two or three of us, and we just, you know on with it um it's, it's, but it's, it's difficult yeah I, I yeah it's I, hard and i've done it with it, i found it difficult with people myself i have to say yeah so yeah, i so yeah, i you know yeah. i've got a little um yeah. hot desk in this workspace and yeah. i literally go in there and sit down and i'm probably the oldest person in there i was going to say <laughs> you've got no no you've got to get a <laughs> bigger beard tighter jeans <laughs> you've got to walk with a, with a, have a bit of an attitude you know yeah. so but but, not everyone but that. there's also an element of 
it to make that the, the early stages of its business are, are in some ways the most fun bit. Yeah, sure. And the sort of just being slightly underestimated are quite exciting. Oh, I like that. I've, and you I've sort of go in there and you like think, that. and you think, you know, you sit there and you think, yeah, I'm creating something that could be this amazing thing, and people just don't know that. And it's quite nice in a way because, but I've done, I've, I've had to do that again and again through my life, really, and and you know, new things. And sometimes that's come off the back of, you know, so after after first lot, I did a couple of other bits. Mm that didn't work out mm. and then I ended up working for a company called Orbital and um, I, ran, I ran that business for three years mm. and then and then we sold that business to a to a VC and that was you know financially that was the most lucrative thing I've done <laughs> but the guys that bought us you know it wasn't um, necessarily in the right way no, they weren't the right really way. people that I would want to have a long-term career with. You can say they that. Were like swear. Arsehole, and arsehole, arsehole, arsehole. There's different. Ca- well, there's different types of VCs. Not all VCs no, are the same. No, the, quite. Yeah, these, yeah, these were the, yeah. were the absolute, you know, uh, spreadsheet. You know, everything was built off a spreadsheet. Yeah. And, um, so, but it's but after that, I had to start again. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, and I went and worked for a for a graph data company, and that didn't really work out. But I met some great people. So Brian, Dr. Brian Healy, who's our um, sort of chief data scientist, he's my son. I met Brian at Cambridge. Did you? So, so I wouldn't. So yeah. I wouldn't have. So you know, there's all these things that happen as you sort of go through, and you think some some of it wasn't the most positive, but you end up meeting, meeting people. people along the way. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's true. That actually, some of the, some of the worst jobs, projects, environments I've worked in, I've met people that have become really good friends. Many many of which, you know, I totally would have considered a um, yeah, in, in really dark moments when you think this is just not gonna happen. But hey, at least I dug it out. You do find you do hang on to each other in little ways. You just take it back from it's funny you say that we will come on to sport, right? In a yeah. minute. But it's funny you say, Oh I like being underestimated. I was thinking, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> from a Bournemouth fan, there you go, right? You see you you, you make you clearly making really good um, like the, like Bournemouth making a really good career out of being underestimated until you're not underestimated anymore and people yeah. take well take you seriously. I mean, right? I started off, or oh, I still am, a, a Weymouth fan. So I grew up in Weymouth. Graham Roberts, you see, yeah, Graham Roberts. Football there. Yeah. So that was so the first season I started watching Weymouth was in 1980s, and I did move to Weymouth from uh, Basingstoke, where yeah. I was born. And my dad took me to football, mm. and we moved in January, and I remember it. And Graham Roberts was in the side at yeah. that point. And um, we sold him to Spurs, and within about, I don't know how long it was, but it seemed like a year or so, he was playing for England. Yeah. And I remember being on holiday in a, in a holiday <laughs> camp, and we were like all crowded around this little telly watching, and it was like, it's Weymouth player playing for England. It was just like this amazing thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, blimey, yeah. That was Weymouth had some amazing players. I mean, Tony Garner went on to play for Sheffield United, yeah. Watford. Yeah. Andy Townsend played for Aston Villa. And the, the English Irishman. Yeah, uh, always laugh when he's on the radio or on the telly. Yep. He he said he's got he's got quite 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 the accent, and he's like when, when we had the Republican of Ireland. It's like when Jack Shaw was just pulling in everybody who had who'd been to Dublin once. And he's pulling in. Yeah. So that's interesting. You're talking about we'll talk a little bit more about sport in a bit. Because yeah. some people uh, love the football. Some people not so okay. not so much. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. We can talk. We talk. We talk about it. when Jim was on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the main. Holes that we were talking about, Man United. Yeah. So uh, um, 
So you, you talked about um, how hard it is to, to start. And I know it's, I've had some exposure to that because I know how hard it is. Well, actually, I know how hard it is to be an agency, be a, be a relatively small agency trying to punch above your weight. I work, you know, the guys I work with now, the, the clients I work with now, we, you know, we're all of a similar mindset. They're all of a similar ethical, moral drive, yeah. which is great. So, they, you know, I don't think any of them have got any ambitions to be a hundred strong pe- uh, group of people churning out rubbish. I think they want yeah. to they they maintain their talent because I think you lose that when you when you're under pressure to grow fast and you're under pressure yeah. to MQC, you inevitably lose your quality. And I suppose it's subconsciously saying it all about me a bit. I think that's probably where I am. I don't want to I don't want to take on a ridiculous amount of work. You know, I'm really proud of the fact I don't work with dickheads. I don't think any of my clients are. Um, they might think I am sometimes, I think. But I'm uh, surely not surely they do. <laughs> I'm sure. Um uh, y- sometimes you know what would be, would be a good tool for a good tool for email would be you get sent the email, but you also get sent the ghost outline of what they wrote before, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. change their mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a bad thing. Um, uh, and because I, I think if I if I did more, and if I did if I worked with people I didn't necessarily get on well with and didn't respect, the quality of the work would be worse. I think. And did you find that as you were growing um. the businesses and you were working maybe bigger <coughs> clients, and clients on the other side of it who the clients didn't care as much about. The business they were working for. Does that make I sense? I think it's um. So I think with people matter, I've been very lucky to get a really good group of people together. Mm. Um. So I think that you, when you have that, um, you know it. Yeah. And you can you you know so that counts for a lot. I think the previous stuff I've done. I think um yeah, there's been people that that I've worked with that I've just thought no, this isn't right. And it's I remember when we did first thought we had I went through four or five different sales directors yeah. <coughs> and it's just really difficult to get somebody that really you know that believes in the ethos of what we were trying to do and did things in the right way I think sales is one area that is particularly difficult for a can be difficult in a, in a sort of startup entrepreneurial context because you've got you know behaviors from sales people are always found quite interesting because you've got to be a little bit bullshit and you've got to be a little bit yeah. You can't be too pushy, and you can't be. Um, so I think that's it's an interesting area. But I think, and I definitely noticed it when, when we sold Orbital and when we sold First Thought, things definitely changed. And actually, mm. I think the li- liaison who bought First Thought, you know, were a really good company, and they're still. Interestingly, there's a couple of guys that are in my team there that's, that are still at liaison. So okay, so that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, years sure. and years and years ago. Yeah. So um, you know, they had a really a really good ethos. Le- less so with the business that bought Orbital, yeah. and that dissipated quite quickly. I think once um, the team sort of dissipated quite quickly after, after we sold sold the business. So you know, that's just part of it, I guess. I mean, it's one one, one thing I've seen is that um, you can hide certain drivers in a business for so long. So if you're if you're a MD or you are a sales director or you're a director that says one thing but actually believes another there's there's you can get away with it for so long you might even be able to get away with it for a few years but eventually inevitably when the pressure's on or when things aren't going quite as smoothly it, it comes out 
and, and that's when people go, oh, actually, hold on a second, this is not what I thought I was buying into. And then the good people start to disappear and fly yeah. off and set up their own things in many ways yeah. and, and start again. And I've seen that quite a bit. So it's interesting you say that, that similar in a, in a kind of product startup role. And everyone, I think it's fair <coughs> to say, isn't it? We talked about this before we started. It seems to me that everyone involved in people in that space but at a certain stage, have been burned. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're not going into this um, business or this product or this environment and with blinkers on. They're very... Yeah. And, it's, and that's an important thing it's, to give It's it. definitely important. And I think the more, the older you get and the more you do, mm-hmm. the less you have to hide behind. You have to put up... A, I feel personally, the less of a front I have to put up. Yeah, I definitely feel that now. And yeah. I just, you know, I... There's, it's been some bits of the last year has been horrendous, yeah. you know, and you sort of genuinely can't sleep at night because you get such awful feedback from a group of yeah. supposed experts in startups, and yeah. you actually look back now and you think, oh, fuck them, basically, they yeah. were wrong. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's how I feel about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 difficult, but it's difficult when you're doing an idea that is a little bit different yeah. and is a little bit out there, yeah. and you know, people are just interestingly. I've started to spot more things that are, are sort of on the same lines as what people must be doing. Yeah. But that's only literally in the last sort of three or four months that yeah. those things have started to come to light. So you think we are on the right track. Yeah. But we were, we're quite early in terms of what, what we're doing, um, in terms of um, sort of commercial applications of this type of tech. So it, it, the, 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 without getting too geeky, the ability mm. to do this exists. Yeah. That's the bit that I sort of identified and thought this can, you know, if you can look at a group of level communication devs and you can prioritise what's happening there, mm. you can look at it and work out if they're, how they, you know, if they've, if they've been burnt out in the last, in that period of time as well. So it's the, se- it's, you know, in that perspective, it's very similar and the tech exists to do that. Um, but just the commercial instantiation of that hasn't, is what is happening at the moment, I think. I'm definitely seeing it myself, and actually, it's interesting. You, you talk about um, not giving a fuck, as much, and I certainly <laughs> don't as much. As much but, you know, I wish, I wish I cared. Um, uh, and I care, care in, I, I do. I care what people that I respect think of me, right? I, I care about that. But generally, I'm not really that bothered. And I do, I do see um, bandwagon jumping in some some spaces and I'm not saying that's necessarily happening with some of the products in, in the market we're talking about um, but there are uh, and I know LinkedIn is basically Alan Partridge right <laughs> but in, in, in digital manifestation but I do see people on there who I think are jumping on the bandwagon and I think as an example, there was somebody who sure remained nameless. Who um, there's a call for speakers. I've said this to a couple of guys. Listen to this, they might be listening. There was a call for speakers um, uh, in terms of a uh, event that was talking about empathy, humanity, humility within tech. Yeah. Broadly within tech um, uh, and within business generally. And uh, put a call out for speakers, and one guy who I'm thinking of. Answered it and said, um, "Yeah, I'm happy. I've been working with people, and I, I can have a, I can give you a talk on um, how 
you can use humility, empathy, and compassion. There, there might not be the three things, yeah. but as a commercial designer. And, and I was just like, no, no, okay, yeah. put it to one side, that might, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's But difficult. for me, I was like, no, 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 I don't, no, I, I was going to say something on this, and I thought, no, don't, don't, don't get involved, just don't deal with that person, don't have any involvement, and, and, and but, but people will work, work with these type of guys, and they will, but to me, that was just like, well, that's not actually what I want to be about, whereas a few years ago, I would have gone, oh yeah, I'm going to get involved in that. Yeah, no, but it's, it, it, it's about being, you know, part of it's about being authentic, and I think that's what, um, you know, is really interesting about this team at People Matter. I think everyone really believes in what we're doing, yeah. and we're doing it for the right reasons, and we're doing it to help the individual, yeah. not necessarily to help the corporation. Yeah, but yeah, helping yeah. the individual will help the corporation okay. because people are happier at work; they're less burnt out. That has big benefits to the company. Yeah. But I think where we're slightly different in our position, as it's as it's now forming, is we're not selling necessarily to HR directors. No, we're selling sure. to the in, to the individual to say you can have something in your life that's a little bit of tech that really helps you yeah. understand how you interact with, with your work environment and will ultimately make you make you happier and you know more fulfilled at work. And that and that that is quite a different different message it's a message to yeah, think corporate right. land. Yeah. Yeah. And there are signs <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Damien at Experience UX, he um, shared uh, a slide a while ago actually that said, um, it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was people, it, um, things like, I think it was UX is absolutely supported until something like shareholder value comes in, right? It, it's that point, and, and that's a challenge, right? Because because we all know that the more user research you do that you could design for a customer and a human individual, you get better returns. It's just a natural, treat people with respect and give them what they need and you'll get it. And, and I think that's a challenge as well, right? Is, oh yeah, yeah, we care about our staff, we care about our staff. I was, I was telling you about an example earlier, right? Yeah. Caring about our staff, caring about our staff. Um, oh, hold on a minute. Um, the consult management consultants have come in, they've got spreadsheets, cut, yeah. chopped, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do care about our staff, but our share price is going through the roof now because we've made a commitment. Yeah, um, and that's that's something we've got. To, I think yeah. that's something we've got to get. Anyway, go on, sorry. So we're going back to your example just quickly. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. because there is good, it does make good business sense to be more empathetic and kinder. Yeah, I, I can see how you could sort of twist that round and start to phrase that in the wrong way or use it yeah. with the wrong. You know, if you get a group of alpha males. And all of a sudden they're thinking about being kind. Yeah, that's it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is a good thing. Introducing yeah. kindness as a it's the motivation. That's maybe that's why it's the motivation. But the and it's in a way it's similar to people matter. We there is massive corporate benefit to what we're doing, and it will massively impact the bottom line of companies. They work with us and we put this technology in to mm. help people will be happier, they'll be less burnt out, they'll be more productive, but that isn't the message that we want, that's not why we're doing this, we're doing this to change people's lives. It's a good point, it is, it's, 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 it's slightly know. naive of me, I mean, I'm it's not naive at all. Well, maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm having real, as we all do when we get to a certain <laughs> age, I think, um, you kind of question, and especially what's going on politically and economically at the moment, you're like, this, got, this capitalism thing is 
there is a, a political future in that one. There's a book by um, Yvonne Noah Harari. Well, I can't quite, I can never quite say his name. Um, that talks about that talks about um, the development of our species, right? It's taking it through to, from from cavemen to to that, and how Homo sapiens um, out full outlived Neanderthals, and all that kind of stuff. And basically, <coughs> he 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 says, imagine. I'm cutting this right down, but the imagination of, of, of Homo sapiens it was just greater. So they were able to imagine religion, they were able to imagine belief, and likewise they imagined money and capitalism. It's a fig it's a figment of humans' imagination. It doesn't really exist. Right? Money doesn't really exist. Yeah. Money is just yeah, a way of you know, gets passed from person to person. Do you know what I mean? It's a, and and that has got me I will talk about it next <laughs> time, but, but that has got me really thinking about about the motivations for people making commercial decisions, and I think uh, you are right. Is it such a bad thing if the motivations of people are not the same as ours, but people nonetheless are getting better? Uh, yeah. Is there is there is there are, there are a couple of arguments. Does the outcome is the outcome more important than the way you go about it? Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, what, what one of the things we're looking mm. at just quickly is, mm. you know. Creating a caring future of work is one of the, yeah. the, the umbrella tagline, mis- tagline yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. think, okay, it, and there's good financial sense for doing that. Yeah. But it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So it's ultimately we're creating a more caring future of work. Yeah. And I don't think it's most important thing there, but you've got you you are right. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about you briefly. Yeah. Um. So you. This is genuine, right? I haven't said this to you before, so, so I'm going to land this one. <laughs> you genuinely fascinate me because you, you're really into rock, heavy, yes, right? Yes, I am. And then, and then you went to the ballet last week. Yes, I did. And you loved I got retweeted by the English National Ballet. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, tweet, my tweet saying I went to see a metalcore band one day and, uh, yeah. and Manon at the dance. Well, it's a ballet I've got into through my daughters. Yeah, sure. So Amelia and Madeline are 15 and 13 now, so they been doing dancing since they were sort of four or five okay, yeah. and you sort of take them to, to dance school when they're yeah. little and most kids sort of tend to sort of do it for a couple of years two or three years and then whereas sort of Amelia's you know absolutely loved it so uh, so that's sort of I've never seen any ballet before no. then what did you think of it I absolutely loved it I really really enjoy it yeah it's just uh, yeah uh, just the music because it's played with a full um, the English National Ballet had their own orchestra that Joe Anderson as well so it's you get that as well. Yeah. Um, it's great, but I, w- I mean, I've always loved rock music. That's always been my thing ever since I was, I don't know, twelve or thirteen. So. Primal Scream, right? No, it was sort of ACDC, Iron oh. Maiden, Metallica, Crikey. Slayer. Slayer. There's a couple of guys um, I know who like Slayer. I love Slayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that's morphed into more modern sort of metal. So yeah. I mean, Architects, I love, they love me back today. Yeah. They're just an amazing band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you if you listen to Architects and you're not really prepared, prepared for the for vocals, <laughs> you'll be going, what? But, um, I mean, I'd me and a mate went to see Architects down in Brighton. They did a, for their last album, they did a sort of album launch show at Concourse 2, I don't know if you ever so which is right on the seafront. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know it's what it is, yeah. Fantastic venue. Yeah, I did a marathon down there for a long um, time. Ago, I met, just we went down quite early, yeah. and the band was just finished sound checking, yeah. and uh, one of the band came out, and it, uh, sadly, it was, the, it was the guy that ended up dying of cancer cell, who yeah, okay. was the guy of 
um, uh, skin cancers uh, perhaps three or four years ago. So I just, you know, he was just there and I got, got a picture with him and had a little chat to him and he was like, you know, a really lovely guy. No one knew he was yeah, he was yeah, poorly at that, yeah. at that point at all. So yeah, so I mean, that's that sort of stuff I love. But yeah. I, mean, I love more indie stuff as well. I'm going to, I've got quite, I, I love it's live music. Yeah. I love going to see live music. Yeah. Like, it's just one of the, one of my things that I've always, um, I'm sort of mildly obsessed with Pearl Jam as well. They're my, right, they're my, yeah. they're my favourite band and I went to see them in, in very lucky to go and see them in Europe this year. So I think there's something about seeing bands. See, I, I, I find that, I, I think there's something different and more exciting about going to see bands in Europe. I, I it's different, Dif- they're completely different, different atmosphere and it is much more of a, <laughs> feels like I'm going on, on tour with football again. Yeah. Well, two, and that sounds very, very 1980s. But you know, you go to Seville, or you go to Prague, and you like you with your mates, and and there's not this underlying fear of violence with music as there was with with football sometimes. You know. Yeah. Although the, it, I was quite taken aback by how rough it was down the front at the Pearl Jam gigs. Because you think you go and see them. So I went went to see them in New York a few years ago, three yeah. four years ago, and it's just a little bit different in America because mm. obviously the fans have all got a bit older and. Mm. You sort of stand there and watch them in the states, whereas you know I went to saw them in Krakow, um, Berlin, and Berlin is pretty you know it's like yeah. 1992 all over again. It was yeah. pretty rough down the front, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, but yeah, but I mean there's something there's something about Hello. the lyrics. There's something about Eddie Vedder, yeah, yeah, and yeah. his altruistic, mm-hmm. caring mm-hmm. view of the world mm-hmm. that he has that he espouses through his lyrics that really touched me and has, and has helped me actually through the years mm. in a way that is, you can't really explain when you're talking <laughs> yeah, to someone because it just sounds a bit, sounds no, a bit dark, but I mean there's points in my life it. where I've just, you know, where that really helped, helped. me, like properly helped me and yeah. I think, it, yeah, a lot of the guys that I, and I've got a group of friends, this is very sad, a group of friends mm. that I only know through the, the band mm. that we sort of met up at gigs and we and we still go and you know meet up one guy from Holland and you know, a couple of guys in the UK. So it's just you, that's you, really nice. It's interesting. You're right because this on the last podcast I put out, I was talking to James about um, talk about football particularly, and you know he, he was saying that creates anger and passion, but passion mainly. You know, you create the passion and 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 it does give you an enormous highs and not so good moment sometimes, but you are together. And I think music, so I, 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 you know, everybody, I think, whether they admit it or not, has been helped by by music. I mean, for me, there's, again, really dark times. Weller, Paul Weller for me yeah. is, um, you know, yeah. he's, he's dragged me out of many a, yeah. of many a bloody hole. And, and as I've got older, and you do, don't you, you get into Bowie and people like that, and you know, you listen and you, you've got a bit more time to listen to the stuff and you think, oh, actually, Christ, he's, you know, and when certainly when I was younger, oh, okay, well, uh, well he's, he's, I mean, he's 10, 10, 15 years older than me, but God, he was good too, but, yeah. um, oh, right, he's talking about me. Uh, you know, there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and yeah. you, you do, music's one of the few things, a bit like sport, can take you to fantastic highs yeah. and it can just make you feel, and that's what makes, that's what makes us human in Palestine. Yeah. We could talk forever, and we will do it again, actually. <laughs> but I'm looking, and we've done 38 minutes, and I can't, I can't say, quickly, I've got a WhatsApp message from 
Tim Bridgerton's for this. We've got to talk about Bournemouth for at least two <laughs> we'll or three talk, minutes. We'll talk about it quickly. <laughs> he, said, he said to me, he sent me a long time message, he said, well, that's 39 minutes of my life, I'm never going to get back again. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, oh, come on then. Let's end up talking about so, your So, your, I, so your I'm not a lifelong Bournemouth fan. No. So this, as in, you'll know this as a football fan. Mm. There is a definitely, and I, I felt this internally massively, mm. the sort of suspicion of people that go and watch a team that haven't watched them all their lives. So I, so I, most Man United fans, most Man United, most Man United yeah. fans, so, so and Man City, I, so I obviously yeah. was a Weymouth. I was actually on the board at Weymouth. I don't know if you know that, but for, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was on the board at Weymouth for about eighteen months. So was that when there was financial irregularity? No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, that happened. That's one of the reasons I left. But anyway, that's another. That's another podcast. This guy came in. I was like, no, this isn't going to work. But anyway, um, so, so I didn't. I wasn't. I really missed watching live football. Mm. So I, I. Went down to Bournemouth a few times and thought, yeah, this would be nice. And I actually thought this would be a nice, yeah. not too big, mm-hmm. not, <laughs> yeah. not Premier League, it's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, you know, Bournemouth were in, league, were in League One at that point. And I actually went, and the, the lovely lady in reception said, oh, you're creating all the tickets, let's, have to, yeah. let's go and sit and order the tickets to the ground. Wow. See where you, where you want your ticket to be. Do that now, they so now, out, right? now it's like, you know, you can't get, so I, I've had a ticket for probably six or seven seasons now. Mm. Which just luckily coincided with. I mean, Eddie wasn't. Eddie had left to go to Burnley mm. when I got got my ticket. So it was um, uh, Lee Bradbury, and then it was uh, Paul Paul Grove, which wasn't very successful. And then Eddie came back, mm. and then it was just it's just been this amazing thing. And it's obviously all the guys that I sit around, I've sat around for a few years now. So I've sort of got some good mates from that. But it's just mm. this this Eddie Howe factor that mm. has just been an incredible. He is privileged he to is be excellent. part of, and it's yeah. just the way he is, and the way the team is, and the ethos, and the just everything is just—it's just been really. They really seem well run, and and but one thing that it's a bit like my club. But one <coughs> thing that is sometimes forgotten is that they, with with Bournemouth, they've got quite a lot of money behind them. That they've they so they're not they're not yeah. quite as <laughs> they're not quite it's not quite as oh isn't it little old Bournemouth? They've got like a. Russian billionaire. He's not him. a billionaire. Oh, he's not a billionaire. This is a so this is fake news. <laughs> to quote Donald, Donald Trump, he is a multi-millionaire. Oh, okay. He is Sorry. not a billionaire. Okay. So I think well, they have got some American investors as well. They've oh, got okay. the same guys that I think they're involved in the Boston Red Sox or something. One of the. Okay. But anyway, so they've got this team that who I think own about a third of the club now okay. in the states. So that's. Okay. Um, but you know th- they're not. Um, They've invested a lot. Of, they've invested the right amount of money at the right time, I think. Mm. But um, it, it, they couldn't have done it without. He's a great people. manager, right? He's he's and, and hopefully he'll stay there for for a bit longer. And my we've had this conversation. My club are going through all these very exciting changes. But I I don't miss live football. You see, I might I might go when the new stadium's done. I'll probably pop down there and 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 have a look around and you know. But they are my local team. They're four miles, four, four miles from there. So. Yeah, when you get the when you, when you get touch wood, touch wood, our our guy will stay there quite a while. We get the right person in charge and the right environment at the right time, which I think you've got. Yeah, I think all bombs have got. It meshes together, um, and I think if you if you're strong enough to go through the good times and the bad times together, then ultimately you will. There's different levels of success, right? Because let's be honest, football is not a fair sport anymore. No. If you've got, you know. Sorry, football talk really quickly. <laughs> Guardiola's a great manager, no doubt, but me and you could take Manchester City into the top four with a billion pounds. 
of you know, you, you, yeah. you know we, we you know we'd get we'd, we'd probably pay someone to come in and train them, but we'd buy the player. So, um, but I think what people like like your manager's doing and one or two others, you think well, actually, and in other sports, right? In, in in other sports, you know, in cricket, there's a couple of teams in cricket that have really really worked their way through without having tons of money. Yeah, rugby, you know, Scotland. I support Scotland when it comes to rugby. They're always punching above their weight. Yeah. So you get the, get the right person, and, and like business, you get the right person in the right t- position at the right time who trusts in their team and gets the right people, then it can kind of look after itself a little bit. Yeah. Right? I, st- I still think, I know he's got a lot of credit Eddie Howe, but I still don't think he quite gets the credit no. for what he's done. Is there were so many different factors mm. the age of all predominantly young players, yeah. predominantly English yeah. players. Um, and y- yes, we you know we like to think things are me and just some learners, but he's come in and done an amazing job. But but it's just yeah, the side happy the six right six or seven. The side this season is, is the best season, the yeah. best side Bournemouth have ever had. I think people are saying it. In t- I said this to you at the start of the season. You're like, please don't be too cocky. <laughs> yeah, well, good. But, but you know what I support. You don't want to get carried away. <laughs> when so just the final bit. So when. In pre-season, but I didn't go to the Wooden Hill game in France, but when you're 3-0 up after 20 minutes against Olympique Marseille in your last pre-season game, yeah. who the previous year had got to the Europa League final, yeah, you, you and you end up winning 5-1, yeah. 5-0, I think 5-1, yeah. you think that, yeah. that, and I think a few people at that point were like, okay, this They're going to be is, okay. Yeah. It's a bit special this year, even given you know what's happened in the last year, but anyway, it's good fun. And our next home game is Arsenal, by the way. Is it? Oh, well, I hope it you is. win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you win 5 1 there. That would be great. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no more football talk because people will. I'll put, I'll put a warning in at the beginning. I will go. Football talk starts after about 30, yeah. 36 minutes. You can switch off after that. Um, thank you. It's great. Hopefully, people have got something from it. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, people know how passionate I am about about mental health and well-being in, in, in everyone really in the workplace and a lot of people have heard me talk about about the setup and the business so um, I think it'll be good for them hopefully to have a to hear you and speak to you and you'll probably meet a lot of them over the next over the next year or so hopefully as well I know you've met some of them already so um, thanks for coming no, over thanks Dave it's been a pleasure thank you very much okay. so uh, so that was it I uh, hope you enjoyed it. A little bit longer than the first episode. Um, hope you, you you found a little bit more uh, out about People Matter and about what we're trying to do. Um, hopefully, um, there were a few little... Um, I certainly found it interesting listening to Nigel. A couple of things I didn't know about Nigel in terms of um, starting up and, and 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 selling a couple of his previous businesses and the, and the challenges of that bringing. And... Um, He's going through it all again. He's 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 putting himself through it again. Um, this time for a product um, uh, that is incredibly close to his heart, and I think probably knowing knowing you guys, um, uh, quite close to all of you, and um, I hope we, we managed to get across a, a little bit about about why we're doing it, and also y- you found a little bit more about Nigel. And I'm sure quite a lot of you will will meet Nigel over the coming coming year or so. Like I said, in the in 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 the uh, in the chat. So that's it. Thank you again for listening. Um, another one will be out hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I've got a few people lined up, um, all from different areas, but all of which 
which have a listen to the to the podcast. Um, thanks also for continuing to read my newsletter. I'm very flattered by it, and <laughs> thanks as always for some of the feedback and comments I get. It's really good. I hope um, you all stay well. I hope uh, you uh, you and your your loved ones are all are all good and um, getting yourself prepared for the forthcoming Yuletide celebrations because it's coming up rapidly. Um, I'll leave you now. I'll let you get on with your lives. Um, you've all got much better things to do. So thanks again for downloading or clicking or subscribing or whatever. And I will speak to you all or see you all soon. Cheers. Take care.